Production. Recorded live. Well, uh, we're about uh, about a minute early. Uh, I usually try to start on time, uh, or at least, you know, within a minute or so, one way or the other. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the resurrection, and it's a it's a big subject to take on for one hour because, uh, well, the it's mentioned. 40 times in the Bible. Most of the time that it, most of the time that it's mentioned is around the resurrection of Christ and not so much our resurrection, but it alludes to that. But um, I think what I'm going to do is just 6 o'clock now. I'm going to have Mark Kennedy. Uh, he read a passage of Scripture that we're all familiar with, but I think it's very apropos for the nice discussion and so I'm going to have Mark introduce the passage where it's found and read that and make any comments he has about it. And then I'm going to have Kevin uh, kind of catapult on that. And just before we do that, um, I want to invite Ed to the call. Good, good evening, Ed. Hi, how are you? Doing well. We're just having Mark start in. He's going to read a passage of Scripture. He's going to make a comment about it, and then Kevin's going to make um, any comments he has around the subject on the resurrection. And then uh, after Kevin, feel free to jump in, uh, Ed, um, at that time. Okay, uh, go ahead, Mark. Sure, sure. This this scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul is exhorting us, telling us that Jesus, as the firstborn among many brothers, is going to take us with him in the resurrection. It is so very comforting to me. Second Corinthians chapter 5, the first eight verses, verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Verse 2, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Verse 4, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Verse 5, Now he that hath brought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Verse 6, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That is so comforting to me that Paul is telling us, and you know he's going to tell us true, that Jesus is going to take us with us, with him in the resurrection. That's right. Yeah, yeah. there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. oh, well, yeah, there's many verses that speak of what was true of Christ in his resurrection will be true of us, like like he was the firstborn among many brethren. Yeah. And that, 
and that he was raised uh, and those that sleep he will take with him and 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 also that our our vile bodies will be fashioned like unto his glorious body these things are just so wonderful to think of no matter what we're going through down here um the resurrection like like paul says if christ be not raised we are all men most miserable and and yet we're still in our sins if if christ hasn't risen so uh, our faith is in the resurrection of christ and then then everything in glory will follow uh, in, in time good 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 comments uh kevin and we're going to get into you know i will be the first to admit there's a lot i don't understand about uh, and we'll get into the ifs ands and buts about it i do believe that scripture uh, doesn't contradict itself i believe that if we don't understand scripture uh, Mm -hmm. it rests with the creature and not with the word of god okay so yeah yeah. uh, and in the multitude of counselors there's wisdom so yeah yeah hopefully we can get an answer yeah that's good yeah yeah, go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I uh, I would just uh, uh, rest on the uh, the verse in First John three two. It says, "Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. So we will be like Him." Stop and think about that. We are adopted sons of God. We will be mm-hmm. like Christ. I can't even conceive of that. Uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna and we're gonna be on His throne or in, yeah. in Revelation. Like yeah, Revelation I mean, I, it's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the in the passage, you know, I have not seen nor ear heard mm-hmm. uh, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. So yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's uh wow. That that is just mind boggling, you know. I mean um I have a question for everybody. Uh maybe you, like Kevin said, there's there's wisdom in much counselors and so maybe I can glean from some of you some of you guys' wisdom tonight. Uh, there's a there's a couple scriptures that I have baffled me for a long time. And I'd like for you guys to give me your take on it. Uh, It's Revelation 20, verse 5, and Revelation 20, verse 6, and I'll read that. It says, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Uh, I'll, let, I'll let anybody take that up. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what my take on it is. The okay. first resurrection is when you're saved, you're born again, okay? And right. that's the first resurrection. And the second resurrection is when you're physically resurrected. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you're saved, uh, you are resurrected with Christ. You are in heaven with Christ from that moment on. You are dead to sin. You are dead to this world. 
okay, and you are alive in Christ. That is the first resurrection. That's what it's referring to there. Mm-hmm. And that okay, is what can you, says, can you can you explain to me the first sentence uh, when it says the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished? What does that mean? Uh, they live not again until the thousand years were finished. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. Uh, um, yeah, the, I'm not, see, this, this thousand years has always puzzled me. Is it figurative? Is it literal? Um, mm. I, 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 you know, right. help me out here because I don't, and, I'm not. And, and okay, particularly if if we have a general resurrection, you know, the, the righteous and the wicked rise together in the same day. Then, then how could the the rest of the dead, which would be the wicked, because the uh, those that are raised first uh, are Christ's people. But so I I don't know what the thousand years mean. Well, we know yeah. that that, yeah, that is blessed, blessed and holy is mm. he that hath part in the first resurrection. So we know that those who have part in the first resurrection are blessed and holy. Okay, yes. so mm-hmm. that has to be when you're saved so that he takes upon your sins and you take upon his righteousness. Yeah, it says of such the second death has no power. So, so yeah, right. they're, they're saved, yeah. Yes. But well, I, I would say, you know, I'm pretty much uh, in the camp of those that interpret this, um, especially that sixth verse, the last part, they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign within a thousand years. Uh, I believe that that thousand years is representative of those who are now uh, taking part in that first resurrection that Ed already indicated is the new birth. And that we are priests, according to Hebrews, we are priests of God, priests unto God right now. Right. And we are we are reigning with him right now, okay? And I believe that thousand years is can be interpreted as one day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and one a thousand years is one day. And uh, and so because we're living in the last days, um, I think that that could be interpreted. Uh, and I, if I'm wrong, I stand corrected. But I, I think that's exactly what Ed is saying is that. You know, I don't believe that there's three different resurrections and there's two or three different returns of Christ and all of this. I believe that, from my understanding of Scripture, you take it in total, you know, the Bible says the last trump will sound, the dead shall rise first, and mm-hmm. it says that we, we will be forever caught up with the Lord. Mm-hmm. In yeah. other words, we're not, we're not going to be going up to heaven and then coming back from heaven, and then him setting up an earthly kingdom on here on earth for a thousand years. I don't even because he, Christ himself, made it explicitly certain that his kingdom, he didn't have any part in an earthly kingdom. Yeah, right. yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right on that. And you know what? When you read verse five, they're talking about two groups of people here. So if you read verse four, it talks about thrones. Okay. And then it talks about the souls of them that were beheaded uh, for Christ, and they did not worship the beast, okay? And they reigned with Christ a thousand years, okay? So that, that 
certainly parallels with what you were just saying. Now, the, there's another group in verse 5 that says, but the rest of the dead live not again. I think the rest of the dead live not again are the dead that are not dead in Christ, but are dead. Uh, and it says yeah, until the yeah. thousand years were finished. And then, when, and then it goes back to when it says this is the first resurrection, I think that now he's, go, he's going back and he's talking about those who are saved. I'm just guessing on this, but I, I, I can mm-hmm. correct it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I would agree with your interpretation of that. From, I mean, you have to interpret Scripture with Scripture. And all of the other tenure of Scripture is clear that there's only one faith, there's only one baptism, there's only one Christ, and, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the, the point of it is, I was thinking of... Uh, oh, by the way, is there, is there, now, does it, it, it does, there's nothing that says there's one resurrection, does it? No, no. Okay, okay. No, because we see that, but I agree with your interpretation because, first of all, if we are, if we're dead, okay, in our trespasses and sin, we need to be raised to new life. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's right. part of being born again, you know? That's right. And so what if that isn't a resurrection, I don't know. And by the way, I think that is one of the reasons, well, and I mean, you know, I believe <laughs> that everything Christ did was symbolic spiritually. For an example, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, that was symbolic of what happens to us spiritually when we're raised from the dead. Oh, I think absolutely, absolutely. Yep, yep. He was absolutely dead, incapable of life by his on his own. Christ had to raise him. Right, right, right. And you know this this thing about now First Corinthians fifteen forty two. It says, "So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption." I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this because. Most people that read that think of it only in terms of when we die, you know, our bodies are going are gonna, to, you know, go into corruption. And we know mm-hmm. we're going to get a glorified body and it's going to be raised in incorruption. But is that not also what happened? We were, we were sown in corruption. In Adam, we died. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we were raised in incorruption in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good that's point. Right. Good that's point. Right. Where is that passage? Let's look at that. That's a good uh, one. That's First Corinthians fifteen forty-two. Okay. First. <laughs> and another thing that Paul says uh, in Philippians three ten. Now I think that he's also bringing the two, the spiritual and the physical, together. He says that mm-hmm. I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, mm-hmm. we know that we can't attain anything. We know that Paul is not preaching works here. What Paul is saying is that the knowledge of the power of his resurrection and the fact that we are going through, uh, there's another scripture that says, those who are in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And yeah. so that, that's far, 
part of being made conformable unto his death because Christ suffered, and he said if if if, if Christ suffered, we're going to suffer. And yeah. so there is there is this parallel between our actual physical death and our our you know our spiritual life and our being raised incorruptible in Christ as we will be raised incorruptible. Um, now, I would be also interested, and I'll turn it back over to Mark, and then we'll go back down to Kevin and Ed. Second Timothy 2.18 is another uh, interesting uh, passage that I've heard a lot of different interpretations of. It says, Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. We know that during the New Testament era, there were a lot of people that were already saying that, you know, that the resurrection had already taken place and stuff. And by the way, there's a lot of people out there that I don't know how much you guys have studied on preterism, but the preterists are making these wide sweeping statements about the fact that as it relates to Matthew 24, everything happened in 70 AD. Now, I'm I'm not discounting that a lot of things happened in 70 AD. We know Mm -hmm. what happened with Titus. We know what happened with the destruction of the temple. We know that a lot of people were. But to say that that there's nothing in the future that's going to happen in regards to further persecution of the church, I think is just totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so but I'd be interested in your comments about this Second uh, Timothy two eighteen. Uh, we'll start with Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Okay. Saying that the resurrection is past. Yes, I've I've heard that idea that they said that the resurrection already happened back in seventy eight A D. Yeah, and even in the new, even before then, even during the ministry of Paul, uh, there were people saying that the resurrection had already passed, and there were some even saying that Christ had already returned. <laughs> okay, then if that's the case, then why are we still here? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Yeah, so I don't believe I don't believe that that the resurrection happened back then. I don't I don't hold to that belief. Right. Uh, Kevin? Well, yeah, I think that's the proof of what Mark just said, that we're still here. Because (laughs) the saints are all going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air in in one body, one mass. Mm -hmm. So so to say it's already happened, then then that would mean anybody left would have to perish. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. In fact, I can't see how a real believer could even talk in those terms, you know, mm-hmm. to, to yeah. say that, that Christ gathered his own together uh, in the past. You know, I, I don't see it. I don't either, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ed, what is your thoughts on that? I agree with what everybody said. And uh, yeah. I, I, you're still... You're, you still hook me back on First Corinthians chapter fifteen. I'm still reflecting on that. But yeah, this one, that passage is pretty easy to uh, to just uh, to interpret as meaning exactly what it says. 
that you know it's uh, there's no way that the resurrection is past. No. You know, a big I mean, part I mean, of the, the, the I should say the second resurrection. Right, right. You know, yeah. a big part of the dis- the discussion on the resurrection in the Bible. We know what the, the big dialogue was, of course, between Christ and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how that we know the Sadducees did not believe that there was any resurrection. And they kept bringing up this issue of marriage. And, of course, Christ told them they didn't have any understanding of heaven because there's no marriage in heaven. So why are you bringing up who's, who's married to who? Right, said, right. But he does say in the 22nd chapter of Matthew, uh, he makes an Christ makes an interesting. Uh, he says in in verse thirty, but for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given to marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Mm-hmm. But but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying? And he goes on and talks about about what this. Uh, this is, and it's a really interesting, Christ has a very interesting way of, you know, he, he often asks questions rather than just making declarations. And I'm going to read to you what, basically, and you can look it up. It's in the 22nd chapter of Matthew, and I'm looking at the 30, hold on just a second, 22nd chapter, uh, the 32nd verse, he mm-hmm. says, uh, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now, the reason, yeah. that, I'm, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because, and I've talked about this before, but there is massive amount of people that go to churches. Mm-hmm. That believe, by the way, I don't know if you guys know it, but do you know that almost every cemetery in the United States is designed to be facing east? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, check it Check it out. Well, uh, what does I that learned, mean? What, what does that mean, designed to be facing east? You mean the, the storm? Well, because, because the prophecy is that Christ is going to come back in the eastern sky, okay? Uh. And so... So when the dead rise, they're going to see Christ. Okay, now to me it's a it, it's ridiculous. I mean, I I'm not going to go too much in this, but the thing that I want to point out here is that Christ says that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are not dead, but they're alive. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. Well, well, he's There's referring to the of, spirit, of course, right? He's well, referring to the spirit. You know, I mean, this is the question that, that, mm-hmm. that I, I I have. When right. do when do when do people actually receive their glorified bodies? Now, here's another question I have. In Proverbs, it says that when the spirit when 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 man dies, his spirit returns to God, whom gave it. Yeah. Now, does that does that mean that his spirit returns where God resides? No, uh, I don't think know? so. I well, so. I know I know there's some thoughts about paradise being a different place than heaven, or mm-hmm. where God resides. He said to the thief, "This day thou wilt be with me in paradise." 
Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. If the spirit is going to be re- reunited with something that is raised later, okay, mm-hmm. my question is, do, does God, when he, when, when, if he's referring to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob being not dead but living, if even if it's speaking of their spirits, do their spirits have cognition? Do their spirits, are their spirits in communion with God? Well, you remember uh, the, the the man that went to Father Abraham's bosom? It, it said he was comforted. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I I think when the spirit departs from the body of a saint, his his spirit goes to be with Christ immediately, who is in the presence of God. Mm. Um, it talks about the souls under the altar. Right, right. Uh, you know, I believe I believe that is before their resurrection. You know, when when they join with their resurrected bodies. Uh, of course, the wicked. I believe they their spirit goes to hell immediately when they when it leaves their bodies. And, and that, and, and in that sense, it, it means that the spirit returns to God, who, who gave it. You, you know, mm-hmm. not to His presence necessarily, but to His judgment. You know, appointed once for man to die, and then comes the judgment, and then your spirit goes to where it's going to be. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What about the transfiguration where we have uh, Moses and Elijah? Is it Elijah or Elias? It says Elias in my King James. Is that yeah, Elijah? Yeah, that's the, Elijah? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the same as Elijah. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. Um, and and they they appeared bodily, yeah. right? So yeah. well, well, they were in some form, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or were the spirit. It's <laughs> <No. laughs> mm-hmm. like Paul, like Paul even used that phrase. He said, "Whether I'm in my body, I cannot tell, or in my spirit, I cannot tell." Uh, you well, know, it's well, well, it appeared. They appeared unto them, so yeah. it, they could be seen. So it's yeah, not they, that they were they were yeah. invisible spirits. Okay, so they 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 had a physical, uh, you know, and they recognized them as Elijah and Moses. So mm-hmm. yes, they must have had bodies of some kind, right? Spiritual yeah, bodies. I, I think also yeah. the reality of it is that. Um, you know, we know that the physical body of Christ never saw corruption, but we know that all the physical bodies, uh, except for a couple people, like we know that Enoch uh, was translated, right? Says right. he walked, he walked with God and was translated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my point is this: I'll share something I shared with Mark before you guys came on. Now, don't don't hang up on me and call me a heretic. I'm sharing what someone else said. I'm not saying I believe this, but it does cause you contemplation. I heard an old German Reformed minister one time. They were having a Bible study, and he said, I have a question for everybody. He goes, when is the last trump? And everybody gave their different ideas of when the last trump was. And then one of, one of them had presence of a mind to say, well, you tell us when do you think the last trump is? He goes, well, I don't know what, I don't know when everybody else's last trump is, but my last trump's when I'll take my last breath. <laughs> okay, 
now, the reason that I bring this up is that um, when Christ appeared to his disciples, remember when he remember when he uh, actually ate fish in front of them, you know, and he actually physically did he drink wine at that time? I I don't know. I, yeah. But I know I know that he ate fish, and I know fish are bony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But you remember now, he said, "I won't I won't drink of the fruit of the vine until I'm made new in my Father's kingdom." Yeah, and he, and he was new at that point, you know, after his resurrection. I, yeah. I so he, how do you explain? He, how do you explain that? <laughs> well, the way I explain it is that, uh, and and this is a cop out, but mm-hmm. we know that Christ went through walls. He appeared immediately in front of people. Um, We have accounts in the Old Testament. I don't believe it was Christophanes. I believe it was actually Christ who was representative of the in the fire with the Hebrew children. It says one likened to the Son of God. I believe that it was Christ. If we look when it talks about the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. It says that Christ was in the cloud and he was in the pillar of fire. It was just a symbol of Christ. He was in it. And so my my he can do he can do anything. I mean eating eating fish in a glorified body is not a problem for the great I am. Okay. Right. So that's right. my answer. Right. And so yeah. I really you know, like I said, I don't I don't fully understand all of this, right. but I I don't think that, in other words, <clears throat> one thing I do know is that the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is in communion with Christ immediately at death, we know one thing for a fact, that Spirit is not in a corruptible form. It's in an incorruptible form. Yeah, that's right. And so <clears throat> um, I, I have... Before and now I, I can tell you, my dad uh, and a lot of people just call my dad a heretic, but my dad believes that a person receives their glorified bodies when their soul leaves and is immediately with Christ. He believes that's when they receive their glorified body. As far as this final resurrection and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it says all of those who are in the graves will hear His voice. I don't deny that because Scripture tells us that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it says in a blink of an eye we'll, we'll be changed, and and that's right. when that we get a glorified body, the right. dead raised, the dead raised, huh? and we that are alive and remain. So it all yeah. happens. It happens to the whole body of Christ all at once. Yeah, that's that's the way I see it. So yeah. no, so now you can't have it both ways though. If you're if you receive your glorified body as soon as you die. Then how mm-hmm. could it happen all at once? Well, no, I, or, I don't believe you. Do. Yeah, I don't believe you do. Okay, so you don't have a glorified body until. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, until the resurrection. See, the thing that I've struggled with is that we know that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Right. And so if if we take that to its logical conclusion, we might, we would say, well, then Elijah, Moses. And Isaac 
they hadn't inherited the kingdom of God. Even though Christ said they're living, they're in just a temporary state and they'll only inherit the kingdom of God when all the other saints rise and they go up with them with all the other saints. Right. right. And so I, I find it an interesting discussion. I find it interesting that Christ says, uh, as te- he's, he's talking about the resurrection, and he says in verse 31, I'm in Matthew 20 22, as touching the resurrection of the dead, we have, have he not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, was was Christ speaking of of what Isaac and Jacob and Abraham would be, or was he speaking about their present state? The present state. Yeah, he's referring to their spirit that's alive forever. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's who they really are, their spirit. Well, now, now look at look at Revelation 22, okay, verse mm-hmm. um, 8, 8 mm-hmm. and 9, okay, where um, John, he, let's see, um, he bows down. He goes, uh, I, uh, I bow down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things, okay? Then saith he unto me, see thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of the book, worship God. So this is a saint. This is a who who has appeared before him, and he just and John describes him as an angel. Okay, so here we have a. I mean, and, and which by the way goes along parallels what Christ said that when you are in heaven, okay, you are like the angels, okay? Now, John, John describes him as an, an angel, okay, mm-hmm. that, the feet of the angels. So, so what are we dealing with here? Are there, um, is he just being in our court to call a saint an angel? Or, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for answers here myself. I've, I've often been puzzled by that passage. Well, he says, "Don't bow down to me, for I am as uh, I'm a fellow servant, as, as thy brethren, not our brethren, but as thy brethren, as the brethren of John." So he he wasn't really t- tying himself to the brethren. Uh, no, he says, and no, he says, and of. In other words, he's yeah. of thy brethren. Oh, oh, <laughs> of thy brethren. Okay, yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I see what he's, you're saying. In other words, he's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I never thought of that. Yeah, and he says, okay. I mean, I'm thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, the okay. prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of the book, worship God. Yes, yes. Um, so I don't, you know. Right. Well, I think in the transfiguration, Jesus didn't show all of his glory, because it, had he done so, they wouldn't even be able to look upon him. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these things all have to be. And I now, guess I guess the only uh-huh. time you can really look at him is when you have a glorified body, because the passage we looked at earlier, we will see him as he is before we will be like him. 
Yeah. So that's how we can see him as he is, because we will be like him. We can't see him as yeah. he is in this flesh. Yes, is that a right. fair statement? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, another, uh, another interesting passage that deals with this is Acts 24. And uh, like I said, but, but I Wait, wait, before we go to there, does anybody have any clarification or light they can shed on on uh, Revelation 22 because I've often thought about this and is my interpretation correct? Is are sometimes angels described in the Bible are really saints? Well, that's a great question. Uh, there, there in the Old Testament a lot of the uh, angels that appeared to different people uh, like Abraham and different people. They appeared as men, okay? Mm-hmm. In fact, they even, if you recall, uh, I'm thinking of, uh, I think it was Samson's parents even were appear, appeared with. And some of these people actually ate with these people, okay? Mm. They prepared them food and they ate with them, okay? Yeah. Right, and right. so I think that I've heard the interpretation that a lot of times uh, angels appear as men, but they're actually angels. And another scripture talks about uh, be careful not to entertain men unaware because they may be ministers yeah. spiritually, they may be right. angels. Right. So I've heard the interpretation of that Revelation 22. I've always heard it as being an angel, but your mm-hmm. point about you know them putting themselves on an equal as being their brethren. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I did, I, yeah, yeah, because it says the angels desire to look into the relationship that the saints have with God through Christ. There you go. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, so that seems like they are separate from from the saints, but right. No, I think you make a good point, Ed. I had honestly, I always accepted the interpretation that it was an angel, but when you pointed that out. Uh, I think you make a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to ask on this Acts twenty four. Um, says uh, in Acts twenty four, verse twenty one. It says, except it be for this one voice that I cried standing among them, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called into question by you this day. Well, we know uh, Paul used this as a way, uh, you know, it was God-ordained, but he knew that there were these Pharisees and Sadducees and and he brought up the issue of the resurrection because he knew it would cause uh, friction between the two. It would divide the two. Yeah, and then he and, could walk out. He could walk out of yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, now he says um, in verse 15, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. Mm. And then he goes on and he says, uh, 
so so one of the things I'm I'm asking is that help me on this. The resurrection of the unjust, uh, according to Scripture, does it happen at the same time as the resurrection of the just? Well, see, we, we just read about that in Revelation, about the, right. rest of the, the rest of the dead, meaning the unsaved, didn't rise until a thousand years. So I, I don't mm-hmm. understand how you how you see that. Well, the reason that I'm bringing this question up mm-hmm. is in Revelation. There's also a passage that talk about the separation between the sheep and the goats, where the sheep's on the right hand and the goats on the left hand. Mm-hmm. Let, let me just interject something real quick. That, that that passage in Revelation could be perfectly consistent if you take the view that the first resurrection is is salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that, that thousand years, and I think Larry made a good point, that thousand years would be our existence here on Earth okay. in, a, in a metaphorical sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, so the then, second then, resurrection then, would be a resurrection of both the living and the dead at the end of the world. And so okay. that would be consistent. Okay, now in, in Revelation 20, verse 7, it talks about Satan being uh, loosed after a thousand years from his prison. And I thought that Satan was was in the earth roaming up and down like a roaring lion right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Is is he in prison now, or is he he later to be there? Well, I've heard both. I've heard both views on that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because we know in Revelation it talks about that he will he will be loosed for a season, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I, you know, that's a good question. You know, mm. I, we can't. I don't think that there's another scripture that talks about. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure if there's a, actually a time element attached. The scripture talks about. I think it's more of a general explanation that says that Satan is a is the prince and the power of the earth and he works in the children of disobedience, and there's another passage that says that he is he is uh, seeking whom he may devour. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and, um, and Peter, yeah. and Peter says that Peter says God will place Satan under your feet shortly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it seems to me that he's he's alive and well in the earth. I don't know what the prison I don't know what the prison means. I think this this passage in verse in, in chapter twenty is referring to his power, okay, that Christ took mm. away from him at the cross. And so he okay. basically okay. bound him and uh it's only he's only going to be released for a short season at the end towards the end of the world. Okay. I, yeah I, I could see that. Yeah, because yeah, and I think the passage that you're referring to, Kevin, is the 12th mm-hmm. chapter of Revelation, where it says that, and you know, a lot of times Scripture, I think, is working in parallels. In other words, because in this passage, it talks about that even the war in heaven, where Michael and his angels fought mm-hmm. against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. And the great right. dragon was cast out. Well, we know when that occurred, okay? That was at the beginning. Yeah. Um, 
And then he says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation, drink, and so on. And then it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That goes back to what Ed said about, I think, the first resurrection. Mm-hmm. And he says, therefore, rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down on you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Mm-hmm. And so, see, I, I think that refers to uh, after Satan was cast out of heaven and was and brought a third of the angels with him to the earth. What did Jesus mean when he said, I beheld Lucifer fall like lightning out of heaven? Mm-hmm. It sounds like he had already seen it. Mm-hmm. Or, or is yeah. he just is, is he saying what they 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 have a special word for that when he says something that's yet to come, Pro, proleptic or something like that? Proleptic, yeah, yeah. Is that what yeah. it is? I, I don't know. I know that, I know that yeah. a lot of times, a lot of times, whenever you have a messianic prophecy or even a prophecy, if Christ is quoting an Old Testament prophetic utterance, he'll say something like, as it says in I as the prophet Isaiah said, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what he's actually doing is saying, you know, this has brought into fruition what has already been told. Mm-hmm. And so you could interpret it that way. In other words, mm-hmm. um, but, but I think that the reality of it is this war in heaven with Michael and his angels, I'm reading in in Revelation 12, 7, mm-hmm. uh, his angels fought against the dragon, the dragon fought his angels and prevailed not. Uh, we know what that's referring That's referring to Genesis 3, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's what that's referring to. Uh, and I don't know, because right after that, <laughs> after that prophecy, in verse 10... Uh, this is John. This is John saying he heard a loud voice saying in heaven, "Now has come salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God." Now that's really interesting because he says, "Now is come the kingdom of our God." There's not this thousand-year reign, okay? Right. Now is come the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. And so, the, this whole issue of this, these time elements in Revelation are really. Uh, I'm not saying that we can't understand. I'm not saying that by prayer, God can't reveal to us these things. Don't get me wrong. Because the very very prophecy uh, Mm. starts out by giving us that promise. It says that that, uh, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. And it Mm. says, uh, and so. Anyway, uh, now it's kind of interesting because in the first chapter of Revelation, it says in verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. So that pretty well substantiates what you're saying, Kevin, mm-hmm. that there, there is a time, you know, when 
there's, this is going to be a, a universal revelation of Christ the King to everyone. Yeah. And and the saints won't be wailing. It'll be the unbeliever. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, boy. Now, that would really be exciting to be alive and on the earth when Christ returns, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right. I mean, the unbeliever is running to the mountains asking the rocks to hide them from the face of the Lord. And we would just be standing there with our... Well, uh-huh. We should be looking up for our redemption draweth nigh. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I think there's a reason why, uh, well, we know there's a reason why God has not revealed and answered every question that we pose tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, he has a right to give us the information he wants and withhold the information that he wants from us. Right. Uh, but, you know, and I you think... Know- that yeah. It, it's this confusion of chronology that gives rise to all these various uh, positions mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, end time events. Right. That's right. right. Uh, yeah. Lord That's knows, I, I wrestle with it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The secret things. The secret things belong to the Lord. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And we are not authorized to pry into them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I think uh, it's really interesting because when you get down to the end of the book of Revelation, which uh, is apocalyptic, I mean, everything, but when you get down to the very last two chapters, um it it pretty well sweeps away all of the the events of of the earth and goes into the eternality of what you know of heaven. And yeah. I'm glad that it, I'm glad it ended on that note. I'm glad it ended with the reality of what heaven was going to be like and what it was not going to be like. Right. Now I, wa- I wanted to point out. Uh, a couple things. In the 21st chapter of Revelation, it says, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. I'm glad that was written. Okay. Yeah. And then he says, and then he says in verse 24, and now this is another one that I've heard some strange interpretations on. And the nations of them which are saved mm-hmm. shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Hmm. And Well, the only kings that are going to bring their glory and honor into it are those who are elect kings. That's because good, we find in 27, he says, There shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yes. And this is the new earth, I believe. Yes. And so, see, a lot of people use this as this earthly reign of Christ, this thousand-year reign. It has nothing to do with it. This is in the new Jerusalem, the king, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with this present earth. This present earth has already been burned up. That's right. 
That's right. And so I like to point that out to people. Uh, in fact, in the 22nd chapter, in the third verse, it says, there shall be no more curse, <laughs> mm-hmm, but the throne mm-hmm. of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. Back to end your thing here. Now, these servants that shall serve him, does that include just all of the elect uh, redeemed, or does that also include the angels? I don't know. But it says they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. So I think it's referring to God's elect. Yeah. Yeah, because it talks elsewhere about in the earth where they sh- they would be marked in their forehead, and that they right. they should yeah so. But it's interesting how that, that there's this correlation between the relationship between angels and men. Look in the sixth verse, he says, mm-hmm. and he said unto me, these things are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to mm-hmm. show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Mm-hmm. So there is that correlation between angels and God's servants um, mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you mentioned you mentioned earlier this distinction between heaven and paradise. Uh, do you think there is a distinction or not? Do you think it's the same place? Well, I, <laughs> you know, I think that. Uh, I think the New Jerusalem coming out of heaven prepared for a bride is, and I'm I'm waffling on your question to explain a little bit more in detail my thought. When Christ said, "I if I go away, I will prepare a place for you and come again and receive you unto myself, but where I am, there you may be also. Uh, I've heard people say, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, from the time of Christ's ascension, until now, he's preparing a place for us, and he created the world in six days. Yeah, sure. Him all... <laughs> yeah. They go, wow, that must be a glorious place. Well, we know it's a glorious place, but we don't know how long that preparation uh, took no. place. There's another scripture that says that all of his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's a good question, and I... I believe that there's only one New Jerusalem. I believe, and I don't believe that there's, you know, I have a hard time believing there may be levels of heaven. You know, I don't know, but I know this. Uh, my my understanding of the New Jerusalem is the place where Christ's kingdom is. Mm-hmm. It's the place. It's the place where Christ resides. And by the way, I believe, according to Scripture, he it says that he's seated at the right hand. Remember what happened when Satan was or when uh, Stephen was giving his final message. It says that he saw Christ standing at the right hand of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's interesting. Back to what we were talking about. How could Stephen, who is approaching death, was this a vision or was this a revelation or was this the spirit departing his body and going to be with his Lord? That's another question. But um, 
It could be just by faith he, he could see it, just as we see it. Uh, although it, it sounds like Christ rose from being seated to greet yes. Stephen. <laughs> One might say that. Where, where is that passage? Where is that passage? Uh, Acts, you mean regarding Stephen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me look it up. It's in Acts. Um, well, let me look it up. Before I go there, though, notice in verse 8, <clears throat> he says, I, I'm, I'm in verse in Revelation 22.8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. Okay? And, and this back to what we were talking about earlier. And when I had had and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. So he, he says it's an angel which showed me these things. And so then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. So I would tend to, and I would tend to thank you for pointing that out to me, because I had never seen that. How could an angel, I'm talking about a literal angel, uh, how could he be a brethren, the prophets of, of them which keeps the sayings of the book? He couldn't. He couldn't. It has to be a no. saint. No, that's right. So, um, you guys go ahead. I'm going to see if I can find that account of Stephen real quick. I think it might be uh, Acts 6. I think it's 7, Acts 7, the end of Acts 7. Okay. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. Mm. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, but he, uh, 58, 55, 755. Okay. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then he cried out in a loud voice. They stopped their ears. Okay. Well, he might have been given a vision, you know, beyond just by faith re receiving it, you know, as being real. He might have actually seen it. <laughs> I see. Yeah. He said, I see the heavens open. Yeah. And the Son yeah. of Man standing on the right hand of God. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And he looks steadfastly into heaven. Yeah. And the Bible makes it clear that that's that that heaven is his throne, right? Right. That's his abode. That's right. Yeah. And so I I have to believe heaven and paradise mean the same thing. Yeah. I, I yeah. see that's 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 always been my view, and there's a lot of people that would disagree with this on that. They say no, no paradise. The problem that I have with these levels, you know, it's so much. It's almost like Roman Catholicism, you know. You get, you know, I've heard even had I've even heard Roman Catholics say the goal is to get out of to get out of purgatory and get into paradise so you can later get into heaven, you know. Mm -hmm. and I, well, no, I think paradise was where the saints, the spirits of the saints, were before Christ ascended to take them with him into heaven. That's what I. That's the way I see it. What do you guys think about this this idea that uh, Christ went into hell and preached to the spirits there? So he, he descended into hell before before ascending into heaven. Mm. 
you know, I mean, I, I take that, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's ridiculous. He doesn't, have, why would he, why would he preach? Because the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. And so right. the, 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 the premise is that after a person dies, there's no recourse for redemption for the, those who have died. In other words, that all transpires prior to. Um, but you know what? That's what Scripture says that he yeah. did. Yeah, okay. it, says, now, it says, Thou wilt not leave thy holy one in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, then you get into this whole description of Guiana and Hades, and mm-hmm. the fact that he, mm-hmm. Hades is a gravesite outside Jerusalem, and all of these other you know twists and turns. I'm not a Greek scholar, and I'm glad I'm not. But I, I did want to before we I want before we get off on this, I want to point one thing out in this Acts seven that uh, where Ed was reading, where he says in verse fifty five, but he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And notice what was the next thing that happened to Stephen in verse 59. And they stoned Stephen, calling up on God and saying, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Yes. So, yeah, because he knew his body was going into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he does. It does say, and with this, when he had said this, he fell asleep, and we know that that means he died. His physical mm-hmm. body died. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think you know, there is this aspect of we we're not denying that we're we we're going to physically die. The question that I have, and I'm not so sure I. You know, I'm fully convinced in my mind because there are different passages that seem to give a different uh, a different little approach on it. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that when we die, uh, our spirits return to God who gave it. And I believe that we know that it says there's a point of the man uh, to die and after this the judgment. We know that the elect have already been judged in Christ, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. And so, and so my question really is how much, and I don't know if we can anticipate the answer, but I, I can see that by Christ saying that Moses and Abraham and Isaac are alive, and Ed rightfully pointed out the transfiguration, I believe that we are going to know what's going on as we depart our bodies and we go back to God. Yeah, because an angel took uh, the the man that was saved in Luke 16. You remember? Uh huh. Yeah, it took him to be comforted. So, yeah. but now Paul says in First uh, Corinthians 15, he says, "I show you a mystery: we shall not all sleep." And, mm-hmm. and what he what he was saying there is, we're not all going to die. And he's talking to the brethren. But yet, right. in, in, in Hebrews, it says there's appointed once for man to die. So, but there's a sense of being alive at the time Christ c- comes back that we will be instantaneously changed. And that, that's mm-hmm. just, that's incredible. 
I mean, you won't yeah, even yeah. have time. You won't feel any pain or anything. I mean, that'll be the, the most glorious way to pass from this life into the next. Yeah, would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And there well, will be a, gen- a generation that will experience that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I am um, I'm looking forward to however it all takes place. Amen. The main thing I'm looking forward to is getting out of this cursed world, okay? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> because with the curse comes so many things, including yeah. physical pain, right? Right. And so, anyway, well, listen, guys, it's been good. It's 7.03, and... Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, it's given me some insight. I've learned some things tonight, different perspective. Thank you, Ed, for pointing that out. Uh, and thank you, Kevin, for some of the things that you pointed out tonight. And Mark, you guys, every one of you had, uh, you know, every time, I, every time I'm a part of this, I, I feel edified because I learn different perspectives. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. So anyway, I want to just yeah. check real quick. Uh, we I uh, wanted to thank because I, I hadn't checked my board and quite a few people joined us. So I wanted to make sure I wanted to thank guest eight, guest nine, also Central Coastal California. I imagine that's you, Rick, and I'm sorry I didn't see you earlier. Uh, I want to thank everybody, and I hope that this has been edifying. I'm not clear what we should talk about next week. Uh, if any, if Ed, uh, Kevin, Mark, Rick, uh, anyone has any ideas about a topic for next week, um, I would be open for suggestions on that. So I throw that out to everybody, and you guys have my email. So I don't want to always pick the topic. I want to throw it out for other people. All right? Yeah. So with that, if, with that, I'm going to go ahead and come to a conclusion. But before I do, does anyone... Well, let's just go down the down the road. Mark, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I just look forward to, you know, the what's going to happen, the good things that Paul encourages us to move, keep going forward, and that good. we don't have to be afraid like this unbelieving world. We have good things to look forward to in the future that come directly from the hand of God. Amen. I want to uh, just share with everyone, John in Toronto, Canada, Canada, uh, he believes that the thousand years is an indefinite number, kind of like Ed and I stated. Mm -hmm. And he also believes that a lot of these things that appear are actually visions, you know, that people have, Mm -hmm. like Stephen and and so on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Okay, um, Kevin, do you have any final thoughts? Well, there are ministries, and we probably heard them, that teach eschatology as an essential of the faith, and I don't believe it is. And it's a, thank you. You know, I thank God that I'm free of being burdened by having to have all the answers on uh, Revelation. So, well, I, I totally agree with that, Kevin. And yeah. by the way, that's a good point. That is such a good point because you yeah. know, Revelation is really difficult to understand. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah you know what, Kevin? Yeah. Kevin, we have we have Christ on our side on that <laughs> because oh, Christ, okay. Christ, Christ Himself says that you know that that no man knoweth the hour of His coming. 
Yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, we have Christ. Uh, I agree with Christ's eschatology over all these other people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ed, Ed, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, other than this is just a magnificent thing to contemplate that when we see him, we will be like him. Amen. I just, I might, you know, I can't even conceive of that. Just as the Bible says, you can't. I mean, your imagination can't. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, that's beyond yeah. it. Paul, Paul says it's an unspeakable gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Really, it's, it yeah. really is beyond yeah. our... You know, when you mentioned that, Ed, about we shall be like him, uh, Chris Turner has often posed the question, and, and it's, a, it's a valid question, you know. We know that in this life, um, Christ says he will not share his glory with another. But we know in the next life, we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And there's there's a couple of scriptures that infer that he's going to share his glory with us in heaven. If you read the 17th chapter of John, he he says he prays that we will be one with him and the Father. He said, the glory which thou gavest me, Father, I have given to them. (laughs) We yeah. Already wow, wow. Think yeah. about that. Have. Yeah, isn't yeah. that wonderful? Yeah. Wow. That's John 17, I believe. Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, that's a, that's a perfect first end on. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, so let, let's let's just remember what we have to look forward to, like Ed and Kevin and Mark have said, and uh, yeah. that, should, that should give us great comfort. You guys have a great evening, and we'll look forward to talking next week. All right, thank you, Larry. God bless you. God bless you, Ed. Uh, uh, Mark. Okay. God bless you.